We take you to a place you have to stay if you visit the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Bring your clubs, too. Take the wrong ferry in Hong Kong? Disaster? Heck no. A culinary adventure and delight. Plus, we hit Cajun in Philly and sushi with a twist in Atlanta. Then, meet the ESPN commentator who gives tribute to golf the way it used to be played. We're in Canton, Ohio. And we are here at the Glenmore, which is a country club. It's also a resort. It's got a great golf course here. And uh, we'll show you some of that uh, as well. Um, and this used to be a seminary that they turned into a country club and a resort. They got a great inn here. It is a private country club as far as golfing goes. But if you stay here, you can play here. Now, you're probably not going to get the choice tee times that the members would get. But at the same time, too, this is a great, great golf course. I got a chance to play it. And this is a Jack Nicholas course. Uh, the greens are subtle, double breaks all the time. Uh, the way the course is set up, you've got to hit to certain areas. Jack does this all the time, but it is a beautiful course. There's beautiful homes around here. Uh, if you do get a chance, you're in the Canton area, I would suggest coming out and, uh, and definitely enjoying. And we enjoy the, the inn here too. Yeah, the inn is great. All of the personnel and staff are very, very friendly. They're a lovely group of people. And they've got actually three unique, really cool restaurants here. Um, one is a pub and grill, kind of British style. Uh, the next one is more of a Scottish-style restaurant, although they don't have Scottish food. They are more known for breakfast and lunch. And then the final one is like a high-end steakhouse. They're all three are beautiful. If you do want to go to the steakhouse, as we learned, they do not have a denim policy. Or I look great. <laughs> they, they're, so their policy is no denim. So basically, you know, if you, even if you have great designer of $350 jeans, um, they, they don't want you to wear denim in there. So anyway, just kind of a traditional old school style. Um, and all three restaurants, um, we haven't tried the steakhouse, but we know people who have, they enjoyed it. And all the food here has been really delicious and innovative too, don't you think? Yeah, very much so. We've, uh, we've actually enjoyed it. The other thing is, is that what we found out about Canton is if you want to eat in, in other parts of Canton, Canton has the most restaurants per capita with the exception of Las Vegas. Las Vegas has more restaurants per capita. And and it's right. I mean, it seems like that. Every time we've come here, there's a lot of restaurants. Mm -hmm. But we've found some really, really good restaurants in Canton. We have, yeah. One uh, in particular that we liked, because uh, we're, we're big uh, grass-fed beef fans. So we, we found this one called The Rail. And that was very cool. It's you make your own custom-made, made-to-order burgers. Uh, you put all sorts of things on them. And, and another, another group of great people there waiting on us at that restaurant. They were very sweet. Um, and then we've also discovered another one called Table Six, which we've talked about in other shows. It's kind of like a tapas style mm. restaurant. An American tapas, that's probably the best way to describe it. Is. It is, yeah, yeah. Small little um, uh, dishes that you get, and they, what was the one they had? It was a cauliflower with the hot sauce. Oh, on with it. hot wing, buffalo hot wing yeah. sauce on the cauliflower. And it's kind of foamy hot wing sauce, so they kind of did some kind of gastro thing to it uh, molecular gastronomy or, or something like that but we it was call very it cool veggie gas <laughs> and it's very good and then they also have the uh, lobster mac and cheese with truffles another decadent really delicious Which go there when you're hungry we're not eating anymore because you know what mac and cheese can do to you <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. so you just take the lobster and the truffles out of that one the other great thing about here of course is the <clears throat> pro football hall of fame we actually got a chance to go 
down there. We were actually down there Super Bowl Sunday, or right around there. We yeah, had, right, know, right around there. So you're right. If you're if you are a football fan, it is really worth going to. Um, there's a lot of interactive things, a lot of video. There's also uh, uh, great photography. Uh, oh, yeah. down there. You get the history of the game. Um, one of the things, and you know, we'll, we'll put up the, the the website for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, but. The biggest time is in August here when the exhibition game, it's the Hall of Fame game, and the uh, uh, two teams in the NFL play one of their first exhibition games here. And this town gets overrun because they have the Hall of Fame ceremony. So if you're thinking of coming down for that, that's something you need to check on ahead of time. Other than that, it's just, it's a great, it's, it's just a lovely little town, and the people are great here. It's in the, in, in the midst of northeastern Ohio. And uh, we're thankful we have a client here that we actually get a chance to come. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 really delightful here in the summer and spring. It's so green. The birds are out. It's your it's your quintessential springtime kind of scenery and everything. It's we love it. You don't and like the winter here? Well, we've actually been here also during the uh <laughs> 16 below degree uh weather and that was not too fun not to be out in definitely or even to go from the hotel to the car. So <laughs> other than that though, now is the perfect time to come from uh, uh, May until about when, would uh, you say? I would say uh, end of September, middle October Yeah, is pretty good. It, it can get chilly here. I mean, it's kind of like a New York-type uh, climate. But it, interesting, too, we're also hearing there's a lot of wineries that are sprouting up here. Yeah, so next time we'll have a report about that. A lot of wineries and vineyards, people growing grapes, making wine. Um, we've heard that they're quite good. So we're going to sample that for you next time. Okay. Well, that's good. I think we can wrap it up because I, I want to go out to the golf course. I'm kind of tired of drinking wine and talking travel. <laughs> Next, we take you to Hong Kong where we get lost. But we found a bounty of great seafood. We are still at the Glenmore here in Canton, Ohio, and we spent some time in another Canton, actually a Canton, in China. Yes, we were in Hong Kong and we got lost, but we discovered an amazing meal because of it. So by accident, we get on this ferry to an island called Lama from Hong Kong. Yes, exactly. It was a day of serendipity. We were on our way to Kowloon and we just followed the herd and jumped on a ferry and next thing we know, we're in Lama. And Lama has no cars, so you have to use bicycles or walk. It's a fishing village. It's actually quite beautiful, and we had a fun time there. Oh, yeah. It was a great chance circumstance. And here you can see the, some of the locals walking around. It's a very cute, quaint little place, and lots of natural foliage and beautiful seafood there, which you'll see in just a minute. So we had to eat, so we ended up eating at Manfeng Seafood. And this was super fresh, fresh seafood. Everything you could possibly want and more. All right, let's dive into some of the dishes. This was an eggplant dish with spicy pork. This was fabulous. Oh, super yummy. Spicy, but not too spicy. But you can actually change the heat level. So when we ordered it, we just asked for medium. And here's the spicy pork. Oh, it was so delicious. Yeah, it was a fun dish. Another fun dish was uh, spicy snails. And uh, 
This was fun. I think it was more fun to try to see someone try to pick them up with chopsticks. Yes, and this time it wasn't me for once. <laughs> but yeah, spicy sea snails. It was a very uh, interesting treat. We both loved it. It's very delicious. Um, great sauce, great marinade there. A little bit hard to pick up, though, as you can see. Yeah, but and you'll see the actual snail coming up uh, that's sitting on the plate. And, uh, uh, you can actually pull it out of chopstick. I just stuck my teeth in it and just, went, mm. <laughs> which was really good. And then we had some rice to go with it. This was the rice with a combination of everything. It had chicken, pork, shrimp, vegetables. And, and here was the interesting. This was uh, this is gooey duck. It looks like geo duck, but it's called gooey duck, and it is a huge, huge clam. We had it a couple of ways. We had it as sashimi here. I did not like this as sashimi. I just don't like the texture of it like that. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. And everybody we were with did enjoy it. Um, it's a little bit different. It's not a bad flavor at all. It's just a little bit different in texture. And if you have it with the fresh wasabi, though, it's very, it's very delicious. Now, this was the gooey duck cooked. This was fabulous. I like this a lot. And they did it a really nice way. They stir-fried it with all these fresh onions and peppers and a little bit of garlic and some black beans in there, too, that really gave it a nice, different kind of substance. And then, of course, we got into some prawns. Uh, this was the prawns with garlic and onions. Love this. Oh, so delicious. And you just want to pull it apart and eat it with your fingers like we are here. It's so buttery and creamy, and the garlic just really comes through. It's It was uh, one of our favorites. So this is like gooey shrimp. We had gooey duck, now we have gooey shrimp. Or just your fingers that are gooey after this. Yeah, this was nice and messy. This this was good. It was uh, it was a delightful dish that uh, anybody would love to get in there and tackle. And then coming up was uh, another good dish with tiger prawns. And unfortunately, I was too busy eating, so I didn't take a shot of anybody eating this. But this was good stuff. Yeah, and that's all garlic on the top of that that they fried. Really delicious. Then we had scallops and noodles. Uh, really nicely done. And the noodles are rice noodles. Here's the scallop. The scallop was amazing. It was really melt in your mouth and so fresh. We had people at the table with us who don't normally like scallops, and they loved it. Yeah, definitely a great, uh, uh, a great feast. You're going to see actually the whole feast of everything that we had coming up. And, and this was this was serendipity. I mean, the fact that we actually took the wrong boat ended up with some great seafood here. And also coming up, we should also bring up, because I always bring up the whole potty thing, and that I actually found a bathroom where you actually had to stand and do the squat thing. So if you're going to Llama, make sure you do your squats. Yeah, get ready. Girls wear a skirt. It's much easier. <laughs> Still ahead, we have more Asian cuisine, and then we go Cajun on you in two different U.S. cities. And then we'll meet an ESPN commentator who has... Well, he's gone back in time as far as his golf game goes. So we spend time in Atlanta, a great food town with lots of amazing restaurants, food and cuisine. And we happened upon a sushi restaurant. And the sushi restaurant actually kind of lets you experiment with sushi in a different way. So we're in Atlanta at the Pacific Rim Bistro. Uh, a lot of Asian food, certainly a lot of sushi, which we enjoyed, but a, a good place we could highly recommend. 
Absolutely, yeah. Great service, uh, nice selection of wine that went well with the sushi. And here you're seeing some of what we got. Uh, they actually have a brown rice selection as well. So we chose that just to see what it would be like. So we got it with our nigiri, and we also got some beautiful salmon sashimi. And here you see our rolls, a crispy salmon skin with the brown rice. And then we also got a yellowtail with scallions and brown rice. Yeah, don't know if I'm sold on the brown rice. I think I like the white rice better, even though the brown rice would be more healthy for us. Yes, no, and I absolutely agree. And here's the Chardonnay we had. Uh, very good. You might have seen this at your local Trader Joe's, possibly. Um, and I liked it. Yeah, I actually had a nice little apple or citrus taste in it, and, uh, and, and you're right, it did really go well with the sushi. <clears throat> Let's delve in a little bit more into sushi here, because one of the things that we had learned about sushi etiquette is that you can actually pick up the rolls with your fingers. You don't need the chopsticks. Correct. If it's a roll, you are supposed to eat it with your fingers and dip it with your fingers. Now, here is an example of what not to do. <laughs> when you go to dip your fish with the rice, you actually want to just dip the fish and you don't want to get the soy sauce wasabi mixture on your rice, but you need to do it in a very nice way and this is a little bit what you're not supposed to do. Oh geez, pick it up with your hands, will you? And here is the exact opposite. This is what you are supposed to do. Just dip the fish. So you gave us both sides. Correct. That was very nice. Uh, the sashimi here, the salmon, was, was delightful. It was really good. It had a nice oily taste to it, which I like, which makes me think that we're very, very healthy. This is a, uh, a roll called uh, Enter the Dragon, and this was recommended to us by the waiter. Um, I thought it was good. This is actually good for somebody who's just starting out, I think eating sushi yeah because it was pretty much it it, it was pretty much cooked <laughs> so let's yeah. just say that so everything in it was cooked it was very good though nice sriracha on the top you know i'm still not certain if, if if i like the brown rice i to be honest with you i think i like it traditional i like the white rice what do you think well as as healthy as brown rice is yeah. and we all know it is you know then white rice i have to go with traditional i like traditional sushi white rice done traditional way it, with the fish, it's amazing. Mm. But it was healthier, so it was True. good, too. Yes, very good, very good. Delicious and nice to try something like that. Mm. Next, we went into Philly and found some Cajun magic. And we kind of went as undercover agents to get the skinny on a mama from Mamu. There's a secret Cajun invasion in Philly called Mamu. Right away, our operative revealed this spicy seduction. East Coast oysters are soaked in buttermilk, then rolled in cornmeal and fried. It is garnished with a sauce of tasso, which is smoked pork shoulder, pernod, cream, lemon juice, but and butter, and tomatoes. Then we examined this gumbo. It had spice, but a spice only a mama from Mamu could provide. The classic Louisiana stew comprised of braised chicken, pork sausage, bacon, onions, and peppers slow cooked in a dark roux with chicken stock and served with short grain rice. It is his mother's recipe. Chef Paul Martin skipped town to let us see for ourselves. He did leave behind these homemade hot sauces. So even though we were in Philly, it had the feel of Cajun country. So could you could you tell that was us being undercover operatives there? <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the waitress was a good egg to actually read the ingredients for us so we could get it on there. So it wasn't just you and me talking all the time. Now, I, I thought the food was great, and usually... 
Sometimes Cajun can be spicy for a lot of people. I, I thought it had a nice bite to it without being overpowered. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, good egg. Thank you, Mr. Great Gatsby. <laughs> Second, <laughs> the gumbo was amazing. So even if you don't like spice, you're going to love it. It's just a hint, but the flavors, and it's his recipe that he talked about in there. So it's it's truly amazing. It's so good. Who could turn down a mama from Mammoth? Well, that's what we say. Still ahead, a TV star who pays tribute to the way golf used to be played. So, time for some golf. Yeah, actually we're going to meet somebody who was an actor from the 1990s. He's now a commentator on ESPN and he likes golf the old way. We are here at the Children's Charity of the Bluegrass in Lexington, Kentucky, playing golf here with Mitch Lawrence, actor, ESPN commentator, and also a golf historian. He only hits persimmon clubs. Why do I? <laughs> I love them. I love them deeply. I have a relationship with them. Unlike, you may love your clubs, but they were made on some conveyor belt somewhere else. Every club I have has a story, a history behind it. Uh, they're 100 years old. They were made by great club makers of the past. I love the search for them. Sometimes my driver took me three months to find. So when I have it in my hands, I literally have a relationship with it. And now, how do they hit though? They, they're not the same as the clubs you hit. Um, shorter distances, more torque in the hickory shaft. Uh, and but it's much more about the feel of the club and they, they're not nearly as forgiving obviously as the clubs everybody else hits but when you hit a shot purely with a hickory shafted club the feel of it is unlike anything you can imagine so that's really what drew me to it and what keeps me playing and I, I hit modern clubs now like here at this great event because I hit my driver when I really hit it about 210 yards that's about all you get out of it so with a team that you're trying to help, they don't want to see a 210-yard drive. They would rather see something a little longer. But it's the second time I've played modern clubs in the last five years. So I, I, this is this is who I am now, and this is what I love. I love about my my hickory game. And you get a lot of conversation from from the people you're playing with. A lot of people are yeah. curious about that. Yeah. And the biggest uh, misconception about hickory shafted clubs is that people, everybody I show them to, they go, I wouldn't hit that, I'll break it. And I say to them, look, Bobby Jones didn't break it. Ted Ray, who was one of the great players in the early 1900s, Ted, U.S. Open winner from England, big, strong guy, Ted Ray didn't snap them. You know, if the shaft was bad and, and it was dry, you can you can snap them. But, you know, I've only broken one club in five years. And it was because I didn't oil it enough and it got dry. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people love talking about them and looking at them. Most people are afraid to hit them, which is mind-boggling to me. Now, did you hit those when you were over in Scotland? Yes, that's all I played. What was the reaction over there? Yeah, well, they're a little more used to it in Scotland. They, uh, you know, they're used to the culture of the game and the history of the game. We were playing on courses built by old Tom Morris and James Braid and Archie Simpson and people that they're familiar with. And so when you walk out with hickories, they think you're, you know, a little strange. But once they see your passion for it and they see you play with them and they see you hit them, and it's not that big a deal. You just go out and play. So I love the reaction over there. You're over here at the Children's Charity of the Bluegrass. You're a big supporter. Your brother's a big supporter. 
How can you come out here and tell me about what you think of this tournament? Uh, well, we've been lucky enough to be coming for a long time. Uh, a lot of the Doug Flynn we've known for a long time. That's how we first started going. And uh, to see, I think, we play in a lot of events, but the community involvement here in the Bluegrass, Lexington in particular, the corporate community of the people, the volunteers, everybody that's doing the work is unlike anything I've really ever seen. And to know that it benefits the kids of Central Kentucky, um, obviously the cause is a great cause. And the, the money that's been raised, over $12 million in 35 years, 600 and something thousand dollars this week, uh, is staggering and stunning, but it's really a reflection of the people. So thrilled to be a part of it, thrilled to help, and uh, can't find a better cause. So you and I live near each other, yet we come to Kentucky to play together. What's wrong with that picture? Uh, well, obviously we're both incredibly busy, and you, you know, you're a man on the go and an international man of media. And uh, it is strange, it is strange. But one thing I love about these tournaments is that we get to see each other and then go, what are we doing? We live an hour down the road, let's do that. So we will. And again, Mitch and I have not played golf together, but we have had lunch, so we are gonna play golf together soon. And again, you can see Mitch on ESPN along with his wife, Eva. They do the commentary for the different billiards tournaments that are around. And they're great folks, great people. And uh, um, it, it was fun that he allowed me to actually uh, shoot him the whole time while he was practicing. <laughs> now, you have to tell us, what does a persimmon club feel like? It's certainly different from a modern day club. Um, the, the ball feels a little bit softer coming off the club. Um, if you hit it sweet, you, you can really still hit it a long way. It's not as long as the 300 yard shots that the, the players today have, but uh, the wood seems kind of kind of softer, even though it's a hardwood. Um, but it's a nice feel. It's a different. It's a completely different feel to the game the way it used to be played, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Oh wow, very interesting. Yeah. Well, that's our show, folks. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>